0: A Tame Rook by the Reverend Charles Menzies Lambrick, anthologized and accompanied by a note from the editor in Dogs, Birds, and Others, Natural History Letters from the Spectator, edited by Harold John Massingham, 1921. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit a tame rook i should like to tell you about my tame rook whilst she was still a fledgling her parents found her too much of a handful and cast her out of the nest i picked her up in the drive and took her into the house and the next day crossed to ireland one of my household brought her up by hand And, on my return, I found the rectory in the possession of a very strong personality, who has ruled it ever since. She has been perfectly free all her life. We do not cut her wing. At night, she sleeps in a cage and often calls for it if tired. She wanders about the house, making the workroom her headquarters. She laid last year after we had had her four years, but was badly egg-bound and nearly died. This year, I noticed she had a tendency to carry things to the mantelpiece. So I fixed a cushion to shut off a place between the mantel and overmantel. She immediately began to build inside. The nest was constructed entirely of what could be got in the house. She started with twigs out of the housemaid's box, then impounded four work scissors, my two-foot rule, three silver teaspoons, the receipt file, reels of cotton and silk, two tape measures, a strap, string, and tape. All these were wonderfully worked in the interlacing being most clever and laborious. Having satisfied herself with the outside, she proceeded to line it, the first precious prize being a new chamois leather. This was followed by three cleaning claws, a pair of stockings, pieces of linen, flannel, silk, a newspaper torn to shreds and taken piece by piece. Bright color was a great attraction always preferred to white or brown goods. Three days were occupied in building, and the first of five eggs were deposited in the nest the day after it was finished. We waited 12 days after the fifth egg removed the cushion and let the nest fall down. The eggs had previously been taken away. She was very sad and began immediately to reconstruct the nest from the debris and when she had finished, laid five more eggs. There was a very marked improvement in the construction of the second nest. It was smaller, less clumsy, much smoother and softer inside. During the time she was on the nest, whenever I came into the room, I had to feed her. She demanded this attention most imperiously. During my absence, she fed herself. She has a wonderful treasury on the top of a cupboard of things which she has collected and which she loves to play with and talk to. No one must go near it, but if I go, every single item is brought to me, and when I have got all she has to give, she bows and spreads her wings and tail and cries her very heart out with delight. I have to share her food, The little lady brings me first fruits before she begins. Her power of hearing is far more acute than ours. She hears the mail cart every morning long before we do and is always the first to detect an airplane. She hears me immediately. I get into the garden and is on the window to greet me. As I write, she is on my wrist talking to me all the time. Menzies' Lambrick Note, nest building is an instinctive art, and the architecture of each species is true to type. But this most engaging bird, the spectatorial comment, drew upon his fund of intelligence when he left his instinct checkbook behind in the wilds. Among the higher animals, intelligence is ever at the elbow of instinct. To overseer it, To help it over an unexpected style to correct it to lend it a hand and if need be to take its place see notes on death feigning and wasps notice the bird's preference for bright colors and the education by experience in building the second nest prebendary lambrick's charmer is like an artistic child and of a tame rook by the reverend charles menzies lambrick anthologized and accompanied by a note from the editor in dogs birds and others natural history letters from the spectator edited by harold john massingham 1921 read for librivox by sue anderson